You are listening to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudharman and joining me from Hong Kong, I think, today. It's Darren Burns. Darren, how are you? I'm fantastic, Arun. I'm in your hometown, Hong Kong. <clears throat> Just landed. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. Um, before we get the show underway, I did want to ask you about your trip to Lords and your continued jinx on the Indian one-day team. Please yeah, well, in all, all forms, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, so as listeners might be aware, I, I, I went to Lords for the second one day, India versus England. India had cruised to victory in the first one day. I thought for the first time in my life, uh, I would be present at an Indian victory. Every, every other um, visit beforehand uh, to an Indian match has resulted in India losing. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, my curse remains, uh, you know, in place. India lost, and they lost comprehensively. Yeah. And it was a, it was a pretty depressing affair, actually. India never, India never got going. Um, the batsmen were shackled by the yeah. English spin bowlers, Adil Rashid in particular. Uh, the Indian batsmen really didn't look, didn't look particularly impressive. And that, that form, they carried over into the third one-day match at, at Headingley, where, where England won by an even more resounding margin. Um, and Adil Rashid again bowled beautifully. Um, the, the, the ball that he dismissed Virat Kohli with was a, was a peach. Absolute peach. Uh, I think, I think uh, some talk that it was the best ball of his career. Uh, Adil Rashid may, may well now be recalled to the test team despite giving up on red ball cricket. So, so may, maybe there's a lesson there for all. For all aspiring spinners in England. And were you part of the crowd that was booing the Indian players? Because I, you know, they were chasing a pretty big score and they started blocking the ball around uh, quite a lot. Well, you're talking about you're talking about one player in particular, I think. Right. Okay. Uh, Who shall remain you're nameless? Talking about <laughs> the finisher. The finisher. Yes. Yeah. Is the finisher who, finished? Um, well, I think he's quite good at finishing his meals, judging by the size <laughs> of him. <laughs> But that seems the first to be one at the, the buffet. Yeah, yeah, you're a harsh man. Yeah, the, and and the last one to leave, clearly. Yeah, um, but he's not finishing any innings. I think this was a surprise, perhaps, to maybe the the, the occasional Indian fans and mm. to you know English supporters. I don't think anyone who's been following Indian cricket closely um, over the last couple of years is surprised by the fact that MS Dhoni doesn't finish innings in the way he used to. In fact, he doesn't really finish innings at all. Um, I think in both of the one-day matches, his strike rate was something like 60 to 70. Yeah. He seemed more keen on um, on just finishing the innings. I mean, he's not the explosive batsman that he was. Uh, and this is another problem, I think, for the Indian team. And I think they have the best lunch in the world at Lords, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe he didn't want to miss that. Good well, he, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, some great, Great um, options for food at Lords. I mean, you know, it's a great day out. I can't, I can't knock yeah. Lords. Fantastic ground, my favourite place. Yeah, um, it's a beautiful ground. Sun, a scorching day. I mean, really, really hot. We were in an unshaded part of the ground. We actually had to kept had to keep leaving every ninety minutes or so just just to take shade because it was so hot. Yeah. Um, which you know, obviously, you don't expect heat waves in the UK. No, you don't. Ground, you don't. Um, I mean, Darren, you have watched Emma Stoney a lot in the IPL. Do, do you feel like he will ever recapture his form um, or, or is this just, you know, the, the decline? I think it's a good question. I mean, if you look at Shane Watson, right, I think he started to decline a little in international cricket, um, but he's really found his straps um, in IPL and, and T20 in general still. I think it's much easier on the body. Um, than one day cricket or test cricket is obviously. So, you, you know, you're not, if you're, if you're batting, you're not batting, you know, all day. Uh, if you're keeping, you're only keeping for 20 overs. Um, yeah. So it's probably okay. I think, you know, how old is he now? Is he late thirties, right? But he has a lot of gray in his beard. A lot more. Don't we all. Don't <laughs> a lot, we all. A lot more than I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look, look, he's a great player and perhaps he'll come back, but he's, it seems, you know, it seems to me that it's been happening for a bit of a while now. So I'm guessing they want him to leave on his own terms, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him you know, retire pretty soon um, from international cricket. So his, uh, he, he did fine in the, in the T20, so actually it bears out your argument. He seems to be doing all right. Um, 
Anyway, another another point on MS Stoney is I don't know if anyone's seen this, but there's there's a video of him at a friend's wedding reception, um, and he's sitting. It's another shame in the bathroom. Neural story. <laughs> now he's sitting in the bathroom, right? And uh, near the wash basin, and a friend of his has videoed him and asks him the question, and this will go down as one of the great questions: Why are you so cool even in a bathroom? Oh my god. Who, who asked him? In that? reply to which, MS Tony seems a bit nonplussed, as you would be, and just says, I don't know. <laughs> and they've probably got like 20 million views, right? Or 100 million oh, views. Oh, yeah, Went viral. Really. Complete virality. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so even if he's not able to finish um, these Indian innings as, 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 as he used to, he's still, a, you know, the master of the. Of the one line, clearly. <laughs> um, Obviously, um, it was an interesting experience at Lords. I um, I was a little perturbed by a couple of, of trends that I saw at the game. Um, first of all, you know, one of the reasons I like Lords is because you don't get any of this football chanting that you get at other English cricket grounds, um, and Such a which I believe, yeah, I, I believe has no place at cricket. Um, but I did notice there was quite a lot of football chanting at Lords, and not just football chanting. But I noticed that a lot of the football chanting was being led by Indian cricket supporters. When you so, say football chanting, what do you mean exactly? I mean, I mean, for example, Indian cricket fans chanting "We are Leeds." Really? It's kind of weird. yes, really. It's very weird, <laughs> and that is that is just only a football chant. And then there was another. There was another group um, chanting about about Spurs Good. and about White Hart Lane and and the rise of the Indian cricket lout, I think, has been under investigated. Yeah, I think it's probably, it probably deserves. It, it could be more recent. It could be um, sort of British people of Indian descent, and I mean, they probably get the both <laughs> the worst of both worlds. So you've got your, your UK lout hooligan with your I don't know with the worst of Indian traits, perhaps, and it's become a hybrid supporter. But it's probably the worst of both, maybe. Are you suggesting, Darren, that assimilation has its risks? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it sounds pretty, pretty terrible. But, but I thought what was interesting is Owen Morgan ref referred to this, and I think it's a very interesting dynamic that's happening where, you know, if you look at the crowds in the, the India-England matches, it'll, it'll be the same for the Test Series. You know, there's a big mm. contingent of Indian support, perhaps more than anywhere else in the world. Um, and so it's great for the atmosphere. I think it gives you almost an even balance, right? There's almost half sort of Indian supporters, half English supporters, which creates a really dynamic atmosphere. As you know, when England tour Australia, for example, there's the Barmy Army. And of course, they outshout mm -hmm. the rest of the crowd, but there's still a minority in the crowd. And having that major support, I think it throws a whole new dynamic. And it maybe does add a little bit of, um, you know, it adds a little bit onto the tales of the, of the Indian players. Um, because I was mm. listening to a podcast recently um, on Freakonomics, you might have heard of the guy who wrote that book. And they were talking about the um, the economics and the science of home crowd support. And it's actually a thing. The teams t do tend to play better on their home grounds. Um, so if you have that right. sort of home ground feeling support, it probably adds a few points to the to the Indians, you'd think. Oh, I think they love it, yeah. And, and you know, in some grounds, it's not even 50-50. It's, um, it's, it's a bigger proportion of Indian fans. I mean, if you're at Old Trafford in particular, uh, Birmingham, um, probably Leeds and the London grounds, um, you're probably going to get a majority of Indian fans at these because they buy the tickets up um, well in advance. Yeah. Is, is there a Barmy army from India? Yeah, the, the, Bharat, the Bharat army it's called. The Bharat army. Yeah, and they, you know, I think they have modelled themselves in the Barmy army. I'm not entirely sure why, but they have and they do. They, you, you hear a lot of the chanting and so on for them, and you know it's easy to to, to poke fun at them, but it, it, it's actually a nice thing to see in yeah, a way totally. because you know they they follow India all around the world. The problem is, I think um, the fans do get uh, dissatisfied very quickly, mm. uh, and you saw that in the one day as start. You know, I, I don't I, I dislike it when fans boo their own team. I, don't, I just don't think you need to boo in general, right? It's, it's, yeah. It's not a, it's not a particularly nice uh, thing to see. And booing MS Dhoni, I didn't think was great. Uh, and that just puts more pressure on the Indian team, so it doesn't really help. Yeah, uh, e even booing 
people like Stuart Broad is probably well, not cool. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> You're drawing a line there? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think there's always a place for booing Stuart Broad. So, um, so but you know, England won, to, yeah, back to the series. Yeah, so coming back to it, you know, I, I think I spoke to you, it was probably a week ago, yeah. 10 days ago, and I was feeling much more positive about the Indian team's prospects. Um, but since then, I would say I am a lot less positive, having watched them in the one-day matches. Mm. You know, there's a lot going for India in this series. That They've been in the country for a month. They've been in the country for as long as I've been in this country now. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, they are. They seem to be petering out a little bit. Yeah, and they've, you know, they've got to play f- five tests in basically yeah, it's a long five, series in six, in weeks, six weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know the conditions are in their favour. There's, there's, it's, it's parched. This whole country is has not had hardly any rain for it's crazy. More, more than a month. It, the ball is spinning, um, but you just have to wonder. There's a lot of issues, a lot of question marks around the Indian team at the moment. I mean, to me, this England team looks a little bit like the All Blacks in rugby, oh. right? They they're really good on the counter attack. They seem to be able to come back when they're down. Um, you know, how many times have they been down in a series? You know, they were down 1-0 and they comprehensively beaten in the first game and they came back very strongly. Um, yeah. They always look like they're never beaten to me and they seem to have a great spirit there with Owen Morgan has obviously built that spirit in the team, um, backing his players and also with Trevor Bayless, you, you must add too. They seem to have a really good like ethic and a really good spirit in that one-day team. So how do they b- bring that into the test, test team? I think it's a bit different, um, different setup. Um, well, I think England's test team is very different from the one-day team, but India's test team is not yes, that different, especially exactly. the bowling attack. Yeah. And that's the real problem, I think, for India in that they're missing um, their two top pace bowlers, right? So Bumrah is out for at least the first test, I think. Um, and Bhuvneshwar Kumar, I'd be surprised if he plays at all in this series. He's, he seems to have this back issue which which yeah. is, he's exacerbated in the one day matches and I'm not sure he's going to play at all um, and those are Indi- they have basically become India's leading pace bowlers Mohammad Shami is back which is a good thing yeah. but again is he is he going to last five tests in six weeks yeah I think look I think the last win they had in England it was I think Bhuvanesh Kumar was was it was key mm-hmm. in that when it was the ball seeing he around was. A, bit, a bit of swing right yeah um, yeah, he is. He's a key bowler for for India. Yeah, if 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 the wickets are reasonably seam friendly, um, I think some of them will be dry. We saw last time in Australia, they were a bit dry, right? So I think that becomes, you know, it, obviously we need, you know, you need the bowlers to be holding up an end. But I think Kuldeep Yadav becomes an increasingly key part of this team, um, and if he performs well, I think that will really challenge England. Yeah, he does. But again, I, I have doubts about him as well. I mean, he, he, he bowled well in the first one-day match, did not bowl well in the next two, and the English batsmen looked to have worked him out, mm. which is one problem. The second problem, of course, is that in tests, there's no hiding place. He has to bowl more than 10 overs. Now, his test record is pretty good, but he's only bowled in India. Mm. Um, and if, he's, if he starts to flag at all uh, yeah. in England, um, you know, the batsmen will, will take advantage of that. I think, I mean, to, to be fair to Kuldeep Yadav, and mm. hopefully we're not putting the mockers on him, but you know, this is different. the test team is different from the one-day team. Um, the batting order of England is, is much different. They won't be as attacking as they are in the one-day cricket in the sea. I, I do worry, though, about having, you know, whoever they got, really, Ishan Sharma, Shami Yadav. I think yeah, Yadav, that's it, yeah. Yadav's a shoo-in, maybe Thakkar as well. Uh, yeah, there's Thakur. Um, I mean, they've got... Those are the really the four, and then Hardik Pandya is, is around as well. Although mm. you worry a little bit about his batting technique uh, on these pitches. Um, I think Pandya might play if if it's a drier kind of wicket. Um, well, they look to bolster the batting lineup a bit, but I think if it's the ball's going to seam around a bit, you, you you hope they would put more seamers in there to really try and get the wickets right. Yeah, I mean, look, Mohammed Shami is a very good bowler, but he's he's been out of cricket for a while. Um, Ishan Sharma is, you know, he he had that great spell to Ricky Ponting eleven years ago. Um, that <laughs> I still remember. Yeah, he, you do. Well, a lot of people remember it. It I, was. It to was, be honest, I think Ricky Ponting was in pretty bad form then too, so we shouldn't really <laughs> live it up too much. Um, no, we shouldn't. We should never 
It's not like we should pick him 11 years later based no, on right. that spell. That's right. Um, and then Umesh Yadav is a good bowler, uh, I think has done really well. Yeah. Can blow hot and cold. Beyond that, India's um, pace bowling reserves are all pretty untested. Um, the guys who came in for the one-day matches, um, Siddharth Kaul in particular, and he, he did not bowl well anyway. And, and he's not, I don't think he, he's not in the test, team, test squad. Shardul Thakur is, and, and maybe he will do better. Mm. Um, but that's a problem. In terms of the Indian batting, um, the, the big problem there is that in the mm. India A matches, none of the batsmen who might have played, who might play in a test match, really impressed. I mean, Rishabh Pant yeah. did well, and it looks like he will keep wicket now that Ridhiman Saha um, has succumbed to this mystery shoulder injury that no one knew about for eight months and has kept him out of all forms of cricket. So just, you know, great, some great transparency there, BCCI once again. Yeah. Um, so Rishabh Pant will play, I think, unless they want to stick with Karthik, but Pant batted pretty well in the India A matches. Yeah. Uh, again, that would be his that would be his test debut. That would be a pretty quick rise up the ranks. Um, I mean, what do we think for batting? Who's going to get in the top six? Well, so they have the question mark over the, the openers. They have to pick two out of Vijay, Rahul, and Dawan. Um, Vijay, I think, will play. Yeah. Uh, so it comes down to Dawan or Rahul. They like the left-hand, right-hand combination, which always gives Dawan the edge. But I think everyone now knows Rahul's the better batsman. Mm. Um, so I, I don't really know what what they'll go with on that. And then number three, Pajara. Pajara will play. Kohli at number four. Rahane has got to bat at five. They can't drop him again, surely. Uh, and he did bat well for India A. And in fact, we didn't mention, we haven't mentioned all this time that we've got an interview with Nick Gubbins coming up um, after this. And he actually pointed out Ajinkya Rahane as, as the batsman that impressed him most yeah. from, the, from the England Lions versus India A match. And then at number six, you know, the question is whether they'll go with um, another batsman or whether that will be the all-rounder in Hardik Pandya. If it is another batsman, you know, who's that going to be? Is it going to be Karun Naya, who, is the, mm. who played in the last test match? Uh, will it be Hardik Pandya? Will they play Rishabh Pant there and, and yeah. play Ashwin at seven? Um, so those those are really the the question marks there, and then then of course the bowling attack is whether they they want to play two spinners. Looks like Ashwin and Yadav would be the two. It looks like Jadeja's stock seems to have fallen a little bit, and then the you know they've got the three pace bowlers that I suspect they will play regardless. They're going to go with three paces. Yeah. Um, so on paper, it's not you know it's it's a decent enough team. It's just that Vijay didn't bat well in the India A matches. Didn't make any scores. Um, neither did Karun Naya. Uh, Rahane and Pant both did okay. Um, but some question marks. And weirdly, given that England are coming into this this series on this really long winless run, right? They haven't won a test match in, is it, I don't know, is it 12 matches, something like that? It's Yeah, it's 12 or 13. It's a, it's a long run. It's a long run. So I think it's their longest run for, for like a long time. Um, it's almost the polar opposite is, to the one-day side, isn't it? Yeah, but the pressure seems to be, seems to be on India, despite England's winless run. I mean, England are at home, I guess, so they have the conditions in their favour. Yeah, there was a great article I thought in Cricket Monthly about the fifteen things that India need to do, um, and I was going across the yes. catching was was the Catch most important thing. It's number one, and yeah, it's an outrageous number where in India's slip cordon since December two thousand and thirteen off seamers they've dropped 46 and taken 38 <laughs> it's shocking yeah it's shockingly bad and they get whenever this question is put to them the players or the coaches they get very very defensive, defensive. about it you bet they do um as if you know catching is is a kind of luxury yeah it's technique you know i mean india's ground fielding has improved if you look at that period in the last five years it's out of this world I mean, their ground yeah. fielding is, is unbelievable, but the slip court and catching mm. is, you're not going to win too many series like this abroad, especially. Yeah, and then there was another 14 things they needed to do to win. Uh, you know, the second one is quite interesting. To, I think about, you know, how great quality those two test batsmen are, which is Murli Vijay and um, 
Pujara. Also Pujara as well, right? Then in South Africa, they were more aggressive and not leaving the ball alone. They were playing more of the ball. And obviously, it didn't do as well. But when they sort of leave the ball more and sort of get themselves in and let the bowlers bowl to them in their areas, they do much better. So I think that's probably a good call out for England as well, where the ball is seeming a bit and moving. So sort of poking it at your bat outside the line is probably not a good play. Um, so either playing under your eyes or uh, playing as uh, close to your body as you can is probably the way to go. Yeah, and they just need to forget about and grind. in a way they need they need to just forget about the scoreboard That's really right. those two because plenty of stroke players are Correct. around them. Correct. Um, yeah, and, and they have that mentality, so hopefully they can do it. Um, it's but as you know, it's very hard. It's hard. I think when you when you play that way, um, you know, I think it's the pressure builds, doesn't it? Because you don't get the scoring shots as often. I think I think that never used to be the case, but I think you know there's more pressure now to score quicker, and I think from administrators, from the crowds, from everybody else, because yeah, I, I think people exactly. just think if I'm not scoring fast, I'm not valuable. Um, I think that's totally wrong. I mean, when there's a difficult wicket, I mean, if the ball's moving around, you know, getting out, scoring a great thirty off a hundred balls and getting through to lunch is better than you know quick fire. 15 off 10 balls, it doesn't matter, right? You've got to, got to grind it out sometimes. And then hopefully when you grind the bowlers down and make them tired, you can score runs in the afternoon. And I think that's sort of an Alistair Cook approach. That's certainly what Pajara does in India. Pajara, if you look at Pajara and Vijay with Australia, they wore them down the whole morning and then they got tired in the afternoon, they cashed in. They started to score quickly because they believe in their ability and I hope they don't lose that. We need to talk a little bit about England as well. I mean, if Adil Rashid comes back into the team... Um, despite his best efforts to uh, to 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 quit to avoid <laughs> yeah, to, to avoid, avoid the hard work, yeah, to avoid long form cricket. Yeah, uh, you know, in 2014, the best spinner on show from either side was Moeen Ali. Let's not forget that. That's he right. 19 wickets in that series. Um, I think there's a good chance that Adil Rashid and Moeen Ali could out bowl Ashwin and Yadav, um, and that's, that's just the spinners. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And that's just the spinners. Then you have the English pace bowlers, right, who in their conditions are still going to be a handful. You have Anderson and Broad and then whoever the third seamer is going to meet, going to be guessing they're going to go is with Mark, Mark Wood. Because yeah. um, he bowled pretty well in the one-dayers. Yeah, he's um, good. Seems to be back on form. I mean, he could get injured. Then they have others. they got Chris Wokes who bowled well yeah. in for the England Lions. And um, and then there's the, the various currents and, and so yes. on. Yes, a lot of currents going around. <laughs> But I, th I think the reason they'll be set with the bowling, right? I think they've probably got those five or six jobs, options and those are the ones they'll go with. I don't see any bolts from the blue, right? They won't bring anybody outside that I wouldn't have thought. The batting, though, is different, isn't it? Correct. I mean, the bowling, they've got Overton, they've got, you know, Plunkett and Wood and, and um, Wokes and, and so on. Um, the batting is, is where the question marks are. They still haven't solidified that second opener spot we've yeah. talked about this before stoneman is is not going to be picked i don't think it's going to be down to keaton jennings it looks like and our new friend nick gubbins the friend of the um, podcast who you'll talk to very friend. shortly our new friend yeah our new friend who, who we talked to very shortly go um, nick <laughs> well yeah i mean you know, kind of our, our sympathies i guess lie a little with nick gubbins given that he was so kind um, to give us some of his time um, Jen Jennings seems to be the incumbent. Um, Gubbins has been in good form. My suspicion is Jennings will will get the nod, but but Gubbins will play before the summer is out, um, as well. Uh, he's in he's in good nick. So that's the opening quandary. And then I, I thought it was interesting that James Vince played in the last one day game as the opener, right? Um, yeah, kind of did okay. Yeah, he did all right, but I don't think I'm not sure that they'll persist with him in the in the Test team. They've got Root and Milan. Yeah, I think he scored another pretty thirty, didn't he? He always scores he a nice looking I mean, thirty. A, yeah, always, <laughs> always. So they've got Root and Milan, and then I guess for them it's the number the number five slot. Stokes. Are they gonna? It's gonna be Stokes and Bairstow. Bairstow. Um Will they? And they've got Butler as well, right? So he's gonna yeah. play, I imagine. And uh, that's a pretty decent batting lineup. I know? think it is decent. It's only really the opening slot that's that's mm. an issue. I think so. Um, yeah, so they they look okay, England. You know, they, in these conditions, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be. You know, I was much more confident about India before they started playing more cricket. I think I think the big question mark remains a little bit over Broad and Anderson. 
if if they have an average or pretty good series, then I think England will win. If they, for some reason, you know, the Indian bowlers get on, batsmen get on top of them, I think that's going to be an issue. Um, but yeah, I think a lot rides on those guys. And if they're bowling well, then you know England are great. But if they if they stumble and not sort of not bowling very well, um, then it becomes a concern. I think. Correct. I, I think one of the things is if India can can attack the third seamer and um, force England to revert to Anderson and Broad. You know, they're not the youngest bowlers, so yeah. that that will help them in, in theory. But, I mean, whoever England pick as the third seam is going to be a pretty decent bowler yeah. in their own conditions. Yeah, and, and let's, let's, be, let's be very honest. It's possible that the Indian batsmen, if they grind away, can get on top of the English spinners too. Um, so You would think. You would think, but... I don't know. India don't have that great a record against spin in recent years. Yeah, not away from home anyway. <laughs> not away from home. Well, even at even at home. Even in even at home, Nathan <laughs> Lyon has has run through them, and yeah, um, even at home. I mean, they're not as comfortable playing spin as as Indian batsmen of, of previous generations. You know, I'd, we should probably make some predictions, I guess. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm a bit like you. I thought that India, you know, I thought India might do better. It's still possible. I think it's going to be, Eng- I think England will win. Perhaps it might be, you know, kind of 3-1 or with a draw in there somewhere. Um, maybe kind of 3-2. 3-1. I'll say 3-1. 3-1. I'm going to go with 4-1 to England. <laughs> you harsh man. Um, <laughs> well, I don't, you know, you know the way these series go. There's very few draws, first yeah. of all. <laughs> Um, and in these conditions, I just think there's going to be results in every match. Um, the the pitches are taking a lot of turn might, already. It might rain. We're not even done. Um, no, I don't think it it will. There's not there's not much rain forecast for August. I mean, of course, things can change, but as of now, as of now, there's not much rain forecast. Yeah. Uh, and I think because it's five tests in six weeks, I think whoever gets on top, it's it becomes very hard to break out of that kind of momentum if you're on a bad run and Mm. actually we saw that last time when India started batting badly it just kind of piles up Um, so yeah I'm going to go with 4-1 to to England one thing I will say is I think Kohli will bat better he's already looking better yeah he's he's a champion I think he'll do well too yeah I think he will he will bat better but um, whether it will be enough who knows who knows? So I think we've kind of run out of time now because we've got um, Nick Gubbins coming on next. But I, I, why don't we just say quickly about the Sri Lanka South Africa? Yeah, so South Africa are. I have a bit of shade falling fruit, apart being an Australian. Um, okay. This looks almost exactly the same as the last Australian tour to Sri Lanka. Um, yeah. The bad boys of global cricket, not South Africa. We, of course, I'm referring to Sri Lanka. They have just beaten South Africa comprehensively again in the second test. Uh, I guess there was a highlight where Maharaj took nine wickets in the first innings um, in a losing cause. But um, yeah, they're getting absolutely pasted. They are. Um, meanwhile, Sri Lanka, you know, continues to, um, to, to rack up these disciplinary issues, they which we do. haven't really discussed. They've just uh, suspended one of their own players. Um, for you know persistent infractions then of course the there was the the match recently where uh the captain the, the skipper did in chandamal yeah he led the team off the field in protest against the ball tampering charge yeah i mean that, that, uh, always lo- they always should have forfeited that, that test match um i think oh, you can't so lead Darren. you can't lead a team off the field and not go out and play i mean <laughs> you, you take there are, there are means and avenues to appeal charges right um i think taking your he took the team. First of all, they refused to take the field. Then, when they were penalised five runs, he took them off the field again, um, which I find just outrageous. So, what if the umpire's Daryl Hare, though? Don't you think under it those doesn't circumstances? Matter, dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, Daryl Hare. Good on him. He, he had think, guts. Um, oh, <laughs> he was a gutsy umpire. Um, no, I don't know about that. Daryl Hare, I thought was a. I wasn't yeah, saying it in a good seriously. way or a bad way. Yeah, I think he was a seriously. But, but again, there are avenues, right? You've got to believe in the spirit of the game and the, and the rules of the game. You can't just decide that you don't agree with the umpire's call, right? Um, 
you know, you can, you can appeal it later. I just think it's the whole thing's an outrage, especially for the fans and the broadcasters. People pay for it. You know, you go there to watch cricket. Uh, there's been a penalty, right? You know, if you don't like it, you take it up off the field. You don't carry on like a pork chop. Just walk off the field. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's sad. Um, yeah, it, a little bit. I mean, I, I totally see your point. It is, to, it is against the rules. It's a terrible example. It is outrageous. But what, what, what does it send to kids at school? So, you know, if you're, you're know, kid the playing kids, at school, you just walk off the field. If you don't like the umpire's yeah. call, it's, it's kids. ridiculous. Yeah. I just love the drama, though, when they walk, when they of walk off do. the field. Of course you do. <laughs> and plus, it's only ever, let's not forget, it's only ever subcontinental teams that ever do this. And in fact, it's only really ever Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Yeah. Although India did do it once uh, against the West Indies in the 70s when Bishan Singh Bedi um, felt that the West Indian bowling was... Too fast. Kind of excessively... Yeah, <laughs> too fast. I mean, literally. Yeah, literally. He said it was, it was uh, too dangerous um, because they were going after the, uh, the tail-enders with bouncers. Um, actually, in those circumstances, I felt they should not have led the team off the field I actually felt that was really unjustified because um, it just looked like they were scared um, I, d I don't know if it's a blanket thing I felt with the Daryl Hare and Arjuna Ranatunga I actually felt the Sri Lankans were kind of justified there um, I didn't think with the more recent ones with Pakistan and Sri Lanka I didn't think they were justified in doing it um, you know I think as you said there are there are other avenues there's, there's probably no need to resort to it um, but you know, I'll understand if you if you suddenly uh, you know walk off this podcast at any, any moment. You know, I, I, I won't of, hold it against speaking you. Speaking of walking off, I think we should um, end up on that note. We should, and, and we won't be ending, of course, because right after this, we we have Nick Gubbins joining us to talk about everything to do with uh, with his career and with England Lions. So um, thank you all, and, and and thank you, Darren. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very lucky on Cricket Ultras to be joined today by Nick. Gubbins, who is a batsman of some renown for Middlesex and England Lions. Nick, thanks for joining Cricket Ultras. Yeah, thanks very much for having me today, guys. Obviously, um, heard a lot, a lot about you, so um, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Well, it's our pleasure. And I mean, I, I mentioned Middlesex and England Lions. I'm aware there may be other other teams you bat for. There often are for, for cricketers. So if there's any other teams you want to give a shout out to, please go ahead. No, at the moment, at the moment, that's uh, that's all it is in this summer at the moment. So, um, okay. yeah, right. that that sounds pretty good to me, Aaron. But I, I'm guessing pretty soon it might not just be England Lions. Um, although, <laughs> whether you want to talk about that right now, I don't know if you want to tempt fate. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always one that you get asked. It's obviously something there that you're working towards, um, mm. and it can often. What I've found in the past, especially after 2016, it can kind of cloud what you're, what you're actually doing in that moment um, for Middlesex and the England Lions. So it's something that I'm aware of is, is certainly in the, in the pipeline and in the plans. But um, mm. yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's about just improving daily and, and making myself the best batsman I can be for Middlesex um, and the England Lions. And I think from my point of view, I just want to make sure that I'm fully ready once that opportunity opportunity does come. Um, because sure. you've, seen, you've seen that when players, you know, are given the opportunity, you, it's very, you know, and they haven't taken it, you know, it can, it can quickly um, chop and change. Um, mm. We've seen that. Yeah, we have. We've seen a lot of um, players come in. It seems that Alistair Cook hasn't been able to find a settled opening partner for, for a number of years now, um, possibly since, since Andrew Strauss departed. Um, but you've been, you've, had quite a good season so far. Are you happy? I mean, certainly against um, India A, you've done well, and you've also been been scoring quite regularly for for Middlesex as well this summer. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a strange summer in the sense that um, I haven't actually played a huge amount of four day cricket. Mm. Uh, having missed the start of the season with a hamstring injury, I came back for two games and then straight into one day cricket and, and now T Twenty. Um, so obviously a Lions game this week against India Ray. It's, it's been strange having not played a huge amount of um, what you'd say four-day first-class cricket. It's been a lot of white ball stuff. But yeah, personally, um, I'm pretty pleased with how it's gone. Um, and, and uh, But as a side, Middlesex-wise, we're, we're a bit frustrated with how it's gone um, mm. in all so far. It hasn't quite been the season we, we wanted it to be. 
Sure, I guess. Um, well, of course, winning the championship, then being relegated, quite a quite a two year run, um, and yeah, things things haven't gone that swimmingly this season. Um, yeah. You mentioned um, a lot of white ball cricket. It's interesting because you know there was a time when the selectors would really only look at red ball cricket when when assessing the test team. That seems to have changed now. You know, Adil Rashid is being talked about for a test recall. Do you feel that? White ball cricket is good enough preparation for for, for test cricket. Um, it's a it's a tough question. That you know, one would think that they're very similar games, and and for sure you can interchange the two. But for me, I've you know, you there is a there is a there is a contrast between white ball and red ball cricket, particularly as a batsman. Um, the ball does move around cons- considerably more, and whereas in white ball cricket, you can stand there and hit through the line. Um, and your technique isn't maybe tested um, to a huge extent in in red ball crickets. There's a you know they've got cameras everywhere. There's a there's a huge analysis of your technique, and you'd probably say you know there's only a handful of players who have kind of transferred skills from white ball cricket into red ball cricket. Looking at David Warner in the in the past, and mm-hmm. and, and now Josh Butler this this summer, um, but he's obviously in the form of his life and and has been able to transfer that that white ball form across, but. I think, you know, look at those two, they are, Warner and Butler are, are a rare breed in themselves. So it's not the it's not the standard thing to be able to just transfer it over like that. It, it's often the other way around, um, going from red ball to white ball, that, it, that it's more transferable. Mm. And do you think that the weather will, will play a role at all? I mean, it's been a, a glorious summer in England, very sunny, pitches have been dry. Do you expect that to make batting conditions easier uh, in the test matches? Yeah, you, you'd hope that the grounds will get the sprinklers on um, mm. and prepare some nice English wickets for the seamers. Um, <laughs> no, it'll be really interesting to see um, how you know how the pitchers behave and what happens. But you saw England up at Headingley mm. you know, actually ended up outplaying India on mm. um, a spinning track. So um, I think that's a great sign for English cricket um, going mm. forward this summer and also in towards the winter when obviously they'll be testing more subcontinent conditions. But mm. I think the I think the weather will just allow for good cricket wickets, in my opinion, because the groundsmen obviously have control over the water, um, what gets put on the pitch. And then on top of that, they've got some great conditions to, to bake it in and, and, yeah, produce hopefully some great cricket, cricket wickets that will uh, kind of induce and inspire all, all, three, all, three, all three formats. Yeah, indeed. But uh, do, do you see much evidence of, of the ball perhaps not moving around as much as you might expect? I guess it's difficult to gauge if, if with the white ball. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's more in red ball, red ball cricket. You know, having played this week against India, India A um, at Worcester, it was it was more like a wicket you'd find in Chennai than, than in Worcester um, mm. in the English summer. So that was that was a great experience for us and, and it ended up being a great performance from us as a team to, to kind of play India in those, those conditions, which actually probably suited them more than us um you know we 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 played well as a result and yeah looking back at the start of the season obviously the conditions that batsmen were faced with um they're vastly different now to to those green puddings that that were served up at the the start of the season when when we were getting all that rain sure i mean and how how weird is it that the the english season now seems to be red ball cricket at the beginning at the end and then a lot of white ball cricket in the middle i mean is that just the reality you have to you have to adjust to yeah, it seems like it has kind of been pushed to the the either end of the English summer, which yeah, it is it is a shame, and particularly for us batsmen, um, you're faced with um, very, very interesting conditions early on in the season, and at the end of the season, September, you've you've got dew coming in, and mm. and all those aspects of of early starts. So it is it is interesting, um, and it's certainly different to when I started playing first class cricket. Um, would have been four years ago now, you know, I remember playing in the height of the summer regularly, four-day cricket. So it is strange um, and it is, it is going to take some getting used to. But, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure how, how they can change that, obviously, um, with the 100-ball the, the competition that they want to bring in. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one for, um, for batsmen. What is your take on the 100-ball competition? Hasn't really been met with universal support or acclaim. Yeah. I mean, I think first, I think it's really exciting. I think it's exciting for English cricket. Um, mm. You know, you've seen how the Big Bash has, has taken off and, and the IPL. 
you know, surely we can get, you know, as players, we're, we're crying up something like that over, over in this country. So, you know, if it's done correctly, then it, then it could be a really exciting thing for English cricket. And, you know, we'll be, it's, you know, the, we'll be looking back on these times thinking, how could we have ever done without this competition? So mm. hopefully it goes that way. And, um, I'm sure the, I'm sure the ECB will get it right and and yeah it's it's an exciting thing for us players I think for sure. Mm, I mean you know there was a lot of a lot of criticism of, of of 2020 cricket when that started as well so yeah. it's kind of worth bearing that in mind. Um, as as a young cricketer yourself do you do you worry about the future of Test cricket? Do you think that that young people are not playing it enough in England? Um, I I mean I I wouldn't say I worry because. Every time I every time I look out at Lords on a Test match or mm. any other grounds for that matter in England, um, it's absolutely ra- it's absolutely packed to the rafters and and it's the talk of the town. So I don't think I'm not worried for it in England. Um, mm. I'm potentially worried for it slightly overseas. Look at crowds, you know, in South Africa and West Indies. You, you worry you worry for countries which which don't get the crowds in for Test cricket there. But I think the main countries England, India. Uh, South Africa um, and and the rest, New Zealand and and those, you know, I I think they they do bring the crowds in and and yeah, you, I mean it's a tough one really for still for me as a as a player it's the pinnacle. Um, mm. But whether there's a new breed beneath me now, because obviously being 24, I'm I'm not the young pup anymore. And maybe there is a breed <laughs> beneath me that that doesn't see it as the pinnacle. But I I hope that's not the case. And mm. you know, 24 year olds, it certainly still is the pinnacle. I guess now you have, you know, that, that you have this opportunity if you wanted. I mean, clearly for you with, with Test Cricket being the pinnacle, this is not something you would pursue. But if you wanted, you could just specialise in, in T20 cricket and just travel the world um, yeah, doing that. It's a very dangerous career choice mm. because nothing's really guaranteed. You know, you're on very short term contracts. Mm. Um it takes, you know, everything happens very quickly. So you can very quickly get picked up and, and be the star of the show and be the star of the town. But very quickly, it can go the other way with a, with a couple of performances and you're suddenly left out. You know, you see a lot of, you know, world-class players left out of these tournaments. So nothing mm. is guaranteed if you do want to go down that path. Um, so it comes with its risks, but it, I guess it also comes with, it, with its rewards at the same time. Mm. Sure. So coming back to... Um the test series is going to start soon. August 1st, I think, is the first day. How do you like England's prospects? I mean, you faced some of the Indian players um, in the India A matches uh, and, and they didn't do particularly well. Um, how, how do you like England's prospe- prospects Sorry for the five yeah. test series? Um, I, th- I think they're really good. Um, mm. I think England in England are a very tough side to beat. You know, you've got Mm. A great bowling attack in, you know, led by Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, um, you know, and then in the rears you've got the likes of Chris Wokes, Ben Stokes, and uh, Moeen Ali. So I think in terms of the bowling, um, you'd say that all bases are covered in England. I think mm. um, so. You know, it, it will be tough work for the Indian batsmen, and you know, it, it is foreign conditions to them. Yeah. Um, so so that you know, those bowlers will make it tough work for them and. And we're on the batting side of things, um, you know, once, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to, you know, get a solidified batting order, I think, for England. Mm. You know, one that feels confident and can go out and get 400. Um, so I think, I think that's, where the, that's where the test series will be won and lost, you know, whether our, whether our batsmen can compete with their bowlers, um, because I certainly think that, you know, that our bowlers will have the edge on their batsmen. So mm. that's where I think the Test Series will be won and lost. Um, but yeah, in terms of England's chances, you know, I, I think they're pretty good. For her. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Else. I think you're probably right. I think despite the, the tough winter, it does look like England are going into this series with, with some momentum as well. Um, were there any of the India A players that caught your eye? I know you came up against Rishabh Pant, who's considered the sort of the, the one of the... The, the batting stars now, I guess, in, in the making at least. Yeah, and yeah, he's um I've come up against Rish uh, Rishabh Panic a few times this summer mm. with the with the one day thing with the one day competitions as well um, against India and West Indies and yeah he's he's certainly a very exciting talent um, you know ball striking wise he's he's definitely you know he's got it and you know you, you saw you saw what he did in the IPL and and he's certainly an exciting player but at the same time in in these conditions, um, mm. you know, I, I, 
you, I, I would say you back yourself to to get to get to get some chances and to create some chances. So he may take the game away from you for an hour, but I think you're always in the game against players like that. And mm. um, yeah, this week he 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 did play really well, but um, he also gave chances as well. So it will be interesting to see if he does play um, in a test series how he how he gets on. Mm. Um, I'd probably say Ajinkya Rahane was. A slightly more orthodox player this week. He he looked mm. really solid. Um, really knew his game in 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 English conditions, and um, yeah, he um, he will be a big batsman, I think, for the Indians. Um, obviously, on top of um, Virat Kohli and, and all that. So um, no, that that they've got a they've got a class team, the Indians. There's no doubt in that, and it it will be an enthralling Test series as as a result. Um, probably. Probably the most exciting test series, I'd say, behind the Ashes, um, mm. I reckon. Yeah, at the moment, I, 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 I'd probably agree with you. Um, so, since starting your first-class career, so that was only four years ago, you've already seen quite a few ups and downs. I mean, you had a you had a, a an amazing 2016 season, um, winning the championship, and then yeah. Middlesex relegated. You're talked of as a as a potential. England pick, and then um, you know you had that the hamstring injuries. How have you learnt, I guess, to to deal with 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 these kinds of ups and downs? Yeah, I think um, I think first and foremost, you'll see a lot more teams in the coming years win the championship and be relegated in the mm. next season. Partly okay. just because it's a quarter of the teams that go down from Division One. So, right. you know, I, I think at one set in a lot going into the last game last season, if we'd won the if we'd won it, we would have finished third. <laughs> and having lost it, um, we finished in, in relegation spot. So yeah. it's um, it's all a bit of a lottery, I think, in Division One, um, mm. with eight teams and two relegated. Um, so that was um, frustrating from our point of view, with everything that went with it down at Taunton and with the with mm. the crossbow. The crossbow, uh, yes, indeed. Exactly, and um, yeah, personally, it's been it's been a yeah, it's been. An up and down career, as you say, but I, I don't think anyone goes through a career and doesn't have ups and downs. I think it it makes you stronger. It increases your desire when things are going well. And from person from personal point of view, it just it reinforces why why you do it. I guess I yeah, it's um, it's a strange one, and it it does. I think the ups and downs do teach you to gradually become more balanced as you move forward through a career. Um, mm. To be able to deal with the lows. Um, and not get too low, and be able to deal with the highs, and not get too high. So I think naturally, you um, you start to become more level as a result of those ups and downs. Sure. And how about your winter in the West Indies? Because that was a that was a reasonably tough tour um, for the Lions. But it sounds like perhaps you learned a few things about uh, playing spin bowling. Yeah, I think um, you know people will get the scorecards up and they'll think, what the hell are the Lions doing over there? Um, Shocking and all that, but I think if you were actually at the cricket grounds, you know the West Indies played some bloody good cricket in their own conditions. Mm. Um, they were very subcontinental conditions. They had two um, decent spinners, good spinners in those conditions, who knew exactly what they were doing um, on those surfaces. And yeah, we um, we had a pretty young side and, and we got turned over. But you know there were some there were some massive turning points in the series um, in the first test when when we were absolutely dominating it. Um, and Darwin got a no, was it was it who no Dowrich, sorry, not Darwin. Mm-hmm. Dowrich got a hundred um, with some kind of interesting decisions which weren't given our <laughs> way, and suddenly we we end up losing it by one wicket that mm. and in that that test, and from there on in we 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 struggled to get back into the series. And yeah, from a from a personal point of view, it was a tough time. Yeah, it was a tough time for all us batsmen, and it, yeah, it, it really did. Um, Looking back at it now, it's uh, it seems a long way away, but it, it definitely did teach me things about playing away from England in subcontinental conditions and and moving forward how I want to approach um, series and and innings abroad away from England. So I've taken those experiences with me, and I think you know as players will all be stronger as a result for that experience, even though even though it was a tough one. Yeah, um, I think um, from what I read, you 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 went in for some pretty intensive. Spin coaching with Andy Flower. I mean, how 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 useful was that for you? Yeah, it was um it was great. You know, Andy uh, pulled pulled me up and yeah, instead of having a day at the beach, we we went <laughs> and had some pretty intense net sessions. So no, it was it was really good. I you know I built a really good, strong relationship up with uh, Andy over the last couple of winters. 
And yeah, he's he, he's a great man to speak to about spin spin bowling, and it was it was a rare opportunity to actually try and develop and, and improve against spin because when you're playing matches so frequently, there's not a lot of time for you know putting yourself outside your comfort zone in practice because you're you're constantly trying to just get ready for the next match and and feel good and and not look to take too many new things on um, in match mode, but but that definitely allowed an opportunity to kind of release the shackles and. And away from the matches, um, look to improve. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, and my last couple of questions for you, slightly more frivolous. Um, what's your favourite ground to bat on in England? Um, it would have to be Lords. I think <laughs> when you score runs at Lords, um, when you score runs at Lords, it's special. Um, mm. So it would have to be for me Lords. Um, and in terms of the actual best wicket I've played on. Um, mm. One of the best wickets I've played on in England has been Taunton. Mm. Probably when I started my career, not of recent times. Um, mm-hmm. The start of my career, I remember turning up to Taunton and and really enjoyed batting there. But in terms of my favourite ground to bat at, it, it has to be Lords, just just because of the occasion. Sure, I thought you might say that. And now, your least favourite ground to bat on? My least favourite ground to bat on? That's a good question. I'm <laughs> trying to think where where has been a place of of tough times. I've I tell you what, I never, I've never enjoyed batting at Headingley, partly okay. because, partly because of my uh, university experiences there. We, we would always rock up in, the, um, in around the end of March. It would be while the counties were ending their pre-season with a first-class fixture against the university. So I was at Leeds University. Mm-hmm. We played against Yorkshire for a few years at, um, at Headingley and Sidebottom consistently remo- removed me uh, <laughs> in some very bowler-friendly conditions. So Headingley's always been a tough, a tough place for me to to go. Yeah, a few a few remarks as well when he took your wicket. Just a few, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, just a few, as you can imagine. You wouldn't have it any other way. I can indeed. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time. Real pleasure having you um, on Cricket Ultras, and no of course, the best of luck with your summer. We'll be uh, we'll be watching closely. Perfect. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Great. Thank you. Cheers.